0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on the first Old Firm game of the season amongst other things Celtic go into the international break four points clear of their Glasgow rivals after Kyogo's goal separated the sides Michael Beale had grumbles about Kamar Roof's disallowed goal but there were more than grumbles from the stands at full time which might be the manager's biggest concern and elsewhere big wins for the likes of Motherwell and Hibs as Hearts and Aberdeen's league woes continue I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have and Halliday and Hugh Keevans. Yesterday was about the heat of the moment. Now it's about the cold light of day. Yesterday we had callers on this programme after Celtic's 1-0 win at Ibrook saying they would not go back to see Rangers until Michael Beale was removed. Now, is that how they feel? Having had a night to sleep on it. That's what this programme will decide tonight. A victory for Celtic so dramatic that Brendan Rodgers said it got him off death watch. So to those Celtic fans who didn't want him there in the first place, what do they say about Brendan Rodgers now? An amazing day altogether. Three games, three away wins, three teams booed off the park. Rangers, Hearts and Aberdeen and Andy. The season's not even a month old yet. No, listen, loads of drama and talking points over the weekend. Quite often or not. That coincides with the first Old Firm game, so plenty of talking points that I'm sure we're going to get through over the next two hours. And I'll tell you what, it's a bravery medal for you. <laughs> it's been a <laughs> tough weekend. A Rangers supporting Hearts player coming into this studio tonight, I'm happy that you're Do you here. know what, I must admit, I've, I've almost felt it. no well this morning, but we've, <laughs> we've braved it out. 01419511025, that is the number you need. And it's one of those nights you, you don't need any encouragement from me, I don't think. I think it's fairly obvious. What did you make of yesterday's game? That should just about cover it. Uh, get in touch and let us know. If you do need your memory jogged in any way, I guess, Celtic fans, how good was it? Because some of you are feeling the worst uh, before the game. Who stood up? Who impressed you? How important is it to take that advantage into the international break? Uh, and perhaps more dramatically, because that's the way it is on the losing side, usually Rangers fans... What is happening? Where did it go wrong? How strongly do you feel about the performance, some of the players, maybe the manager? Because that reaction at Ibrooks at full time was quite something. Um, has the dust settled? Do you feel any differently? Or maybe you've woken up even more angry, even more frustrated now that you look back on it. 01419511025. Yes, of course, there were wonderful wins for the likes of Motherwell uh, and Hibs that I'm sure we will get to at some point. But in this part of the world... You just know what's going to take centre stage. So come on down, 01419511025. To set the tone, Hugh Evans, give us your result of the weekend. You can't look beyond Rangers nil, Celtic 1. A statement result for Brendan Rodgers and the manager admitting himself that he really felt that it was a watershed moment for Celtic. <sighs> Huge decision this for you. I'm just, I just wonder where you turn here. Well, to compound the misery of my weekend, let's start my picks. So for the result, I've got to go Hibs. Uh, Lasting three defeats on the trot, obviously coinciding with, uh, with a change of management. David Gray stepped in and got a fantastic result away to Aberdeen. So it's the first and last time I'll be, be giving Hibs my result of the well, weekend. Well, it was either that, you were going against your own team or you were picking Celtic. <laughs> it's but it's not a great choice, is it? Hugh had mentioned Celtic. So what are we going, goal of the weekend? Well, I know that Andy has further misery to come. So I am going to pick Callum Slattery, Motherwell. A wise choice. The win against Hearts at Tynecastle. And he also had that lovely moment where they decided to 
examine the, the goal using VAR when they had no need to, but you get two celebrations for the price of one. So slattery will get you everywhere. I like it. Go on then. Here we go again. It's got to be cool, go. Um Fantastic finish again. A bit of thorn in Rangers side in these old forum games. And I mean, I'm convinced he's offside to hit the ball even that early. I, I was just shocked as anyone, but you know, fantastic technique on Shorty. So I hit it so early and, and, and get past a very good goalkeeper in Jack Button. I know you meant you're convinced he thinks he's offside. Convinced. Um, but that's not what <laughs> you said so, just before I get you in, in trouble. So uh, there we go. Right, howler of the weekend. Well, I'm going to award it to 15 outfield players at Rangers and the manager, Michael Beale. I am exonerating the goalkeeper, Jack Butland. They had very little to do with him. Rangers went into the match confident. Not because of anything that Rangers had done, but because they thought that Celtic were in a state due to injury. And their confidence was entirely without merit. They couldn't do anything about Celtic, no matter the state they were in. Well, judging by the phone calls yesterday already, some Rangers fans would agree with you on that. So Rangers fans, how are you feeling after a couple of hours passing? Uh, Andy, what was your howler of the weekend? Well, it was only seven days ago when I was sitting on this seat that I said it's been a very quiet season for referees so far, but Kevin Clancy has forgot rule one of being a referee, I, I think, and letting the the game play and let VAR do its job and to, I mean to, to give a penalty a millisecond before it reaches Stuart Finley's head and, and ultimately cost Kilmarnock a point I think Denny McInnes and his side will feel very mm. aggravated over the weekend yeah it was quite something think that will be the most talked about refereeing decision on that I, show no, today pretty much no. doubt it <laughs> uh, and main man of the weekend then top performer Hugh I'm going for the Celtic captain Callum McGregor the re-emergence of McGregor as the, the heartbeat of the side he ran the show well, I've I've done Celtic, I've done Hibs. Uh, it's time to go Motherwell, Come I suppose. Uh, this is actually the second time this season I've given it to this kid, but uh, Lennon Miller for me was absolutely fantastic at the weekend. Uh, I, I actually found out after the game he'd done his first driving lessons a week ago and uh, a week later to put in the performance he did at Tynecastle. Uh, I've got to hold my hand up and say, you know, for, a, for a kid that age, I thought he was very, very mature, played a man's game and I thought he was excellent. Coming a bit of a theme, I think. Charlie McGrew picked him last week. You won't get any complaints from me. But anyway, there we are. 01419511025. What did you make of the weekend? What did you make of yesterday's game at Ibrox? That's going to be the place to start, Hugh. Absolutely no question. Yeah. Has your view on things changed? The, the dust having settled a bit? You were on the show yesterday. How do you look back on it all? Uh, as I said earlier, a watershed moment for Celtic. Brendan Rodgers came in for so much criticism. Uh, the, the, the banner saying he was a fraud, the caller to this programme saying he was Judas, etc., etc. Uh, but it was a huge result for Brendan Rodgers and a very big setback for Michael Beale. You cannot go out of the Champions League having lost five goals midweek against PSV and then follow it up by being unable to beat Celtic, a Celtic side that wouldn't play in a testimonial match. And it was there inside a ground with 50,000 Rangers supporters and not a Celtic fan in the place. And quite simply, Rangers couldn't take advantage of any situation. Andy, look, there's so much to get into in terms of the specifics, but as a an overview... Well, I thought going into the game, I thought both teams are, are a bit short at their top level. Uh, and after the game, I don't think that opinion's changed. Uh, I thought in terms of a, a spectacle, I thought there was loads of endeavour, loads of effort. Uh, but I thought the quality within both sides had, had let both teams down at certain scenarios. But I do feel as if most of the quality and control was showed by Celtic, specifically in that first half and even towards 
going into the second half, even though Rangers had a lot of territorial advantage, I still think on the counter-attack, I thought Celtic had the best opportunities. But, listen, when it comes to an old forum game, performance is secondary, and then uh, the result is of significant importance, and it, Celtic managed to do it. The season was always going to be about recruitment. Michael Beale's recruitment, Celtic's recruitment. Now, Michael Beale stands accused by the Rangers supporters of having brought in players who are not up to the task and he really has a big job trying to win them round again. Right, let's do it. 01419511025. Strap yourselves in because this could get lively. Ian is a Rangers fan. Ian, how did you feel about things yesterday? Um, probably the same way as 50 other thousand Rangers fans did in that stadium. I mean, the first half to me was, it was so frustrating. It was so annoying. Rangers never really got on top of Celtic. They never annoyed, they never got on top of their defence enough. The, the Celtic were playing out for the back and Rangers kind of let them wander down the park right for periods of time. And that was what was, to me, was frustrating the Rangers fans that the Rangers never got on top of them. But um, it, it wasn't a good performance. There's no, there's no getting away from that. Mm. Let's it, ask it, Andy about that. You know, the approach from Rangers, Andy, was that... <clears throat> Do you understand why Ian and many others thought that? I mean, was it wrong in, in your mind? or? Well, I always say, uh, you know, going into an old firm game, I always feel the team that settles first quite often is the team that then goes to control and dominate the game. And I actually thought Rangers, you know, started the game pretty well. I think if you look at Celtic's back four, uh, going into the game, it seemed as if it was a, going to be a sort of target area for Rangers. And I thought in the first 10 minutes specifically, I thought Lager, Bielka and Scales started very nervously. But I don't think Rangers capitalise it on at all. Uh, and then after that, it just seemed really, really disjointed in terms of their shape within their press. I thought the front three were quite front foot and trying to get after Celtic. But then I don't think they were backed up by the rest of the, uh, of the team. So what it left was big, big gaps for a player like Callum McGregor to get on the ball and completely dictate the tempo. And for me, I just don't see how that was allowed to happen. Um, where Rangers spooked a wee bit, because, you know, we've, they have played with sort of Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly and that sort of holding role, uh, holding role sorry, with, with David Tumble in front of them. To me, at the weekend, it seemed a lot more like Callum McGregor played in that same role he did last year where he was the, the deep-line playmaker to got on the ball and make things happen. And I just don't think anyone within uh, the Rangers midfield got close enough to sort of impact him. Uh, I thought they did in the second half, but ultimately I don't think their quality going forward determined that they mm. created enough good quality chances to score a goal. Celtic started with a makeshift back four and finished up losing Taylor and Johnson in the full-back positions, bringing on Ralston and Burnaby with Scales and Lagabielka in central defence, and Rangers still couldn't do anything about it. So the, the back four starts by being called makeshift, and what do you call the stage beneath makeshift? Because that's how it finished for Celtic, mm. and Rangers could not take advantage. Ian, you mentioned you were at the game, mm -hmm. and the way it felt afterwards. I mean, just describe that to us, because we are in the studio, but that, that sounded... I mean, angry doesn't even cut it. That that's about as toxic an ending that from from the Rangers fans that I I can remember hearing. Is that is that fair? No, that's totally fair. I mean, it was building and building and building. Rangers fans were getting so frustrated that yeah, Callum McGregor was he was giving it the, the freedom eyebrows. He was just picking pockets in the middle of the park, and he had all the time in the world to turn and control the game, as Andy says, and. Nobody was actually getting getting to him, um, and that was that was kind of the start of it. And uh, the Rangers fans were, were getting really annoyed. And um, it just the, the second half, if we 
move on into the second half. Rangers did uh, sort of press a bit better and put us and impose ourselves a bit more in the game, but they still never done anywhere near enough. And uh, I think the, the decision to roll out the goal, and I'm not, I'm not, I've deliberately not, I was on the phone yesterday, but I was up in the stand, I was a bit up in the gods, I, I didn't see the, the incident properly, but I seen it on the TV, and I really don't know. There's a, he's always talking about, um, there's a, 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 a foul, and there's a kind of, I don't know, like, have you, have, by the rules of the, the, the laws of the game, mm. I think that was one of those ones yesterday, that by the law, law of the game, that was a foul, but how can that possibly be a foul when it was him that made it, it was like a Belka who actually made a mess of what he was doing and he got rewarded for it. One of these incidents is always going to be a matter of personal interpretation. Ian's a Rangers fan and sees it that way. However, I don't think you can hang your hat on that decision to get your team off the hook because Rangers had plenty of game time thereafter and mm. it is the fault of the Rangers players, not the fault of Don Robertson yeah, but see, and VAR. See, to be fair to him, he's, he's not led off with that. He's not come on and said it's the only reason. He's analysed the game and then wants to talk about it, which is a huge talking point, so there's, there's no, no denying that. Do you think the officials got it right or wrong? Again, a matter of personal interpretation, for me, it's a foul. Okay, Andy? I mean, I, I think I've I've debated with at least a dozen people about this mm. uh, this uh, uh, this incident. Sorry, and yeah, I mean, you waited a full fifteen seconds. I know, and we've already, yesterday, we've already so. spoke to you about it. And to me, I I personally don't think it's a foul. By the laws of the game, I've seen the reading, and you know, Dessers is never in control of the ball, so I I, I can get that. But to me, uh, the instant in full is that. Enough of a clear novice error mm. to be sent to the, the VAR screen. I'm not too sure. Well, but that, that, that I, would be the two layers, wouldn't it? Because yeah. first of all, in a very general sense, do you think it's a foul, right? And then people can say yes or no. But in this instance, there is the, there's the extra layer of okay, even if you think it's a foul, is it a clear and obvious error? And therefore, should the you know should the referee have been called over to the monitor? Because that's a different. Maybe, yeah. Is that maybe a different question? Yeah, I suppose so. And listen, in first instance, I don't think anyone sort of seen my foul there. It didn't really look as if any Celtic player was sort of mm. claiming for it. But the, the fact of the matter is, that's why VAR's there to then have a look at it. And these are the type of instances where I would like to see what the the sort of vocal communication was mm -hmm. between the referee and the VAR studio. Has he seen the, the the contact initially? Is that then led him to believe it is a clear and obvious error, and that's why he sent? But yeah, I just. I try and look at different scenarios and I think that Lagabielka has been really slack and he's been caught on the ball and he's got away with one. I think that's acceptable. I think everyone can can, mm. can understand that. And then I look, at, if Dessers goes down in that contact, does Celtic still get a foul? I'm not too sure. But at the end of the day, I, I still completely agree with what, what Michael Beale said after the game. Rangers still had more than enough time to get back their cell into the game and, and, uh, and obviously score a goal again. But to me, I do think Lagabielka's got away with one. Mm, thank you to Ian. What about Mark and Airdrie? Mark, if I was to ask you for a word or some words to sum up yesterday, but you're not allowed to swear, what would you give me? Uh, embarrassing, mate. Embarrassing? Aye. What, what in particular? The Rangers mentality right now is just shocking, isn't it? Uh, there's no fight to orders. I think this is I read something last week that Rangers been back to Melbourne uh, sorry Bill's been back to Melbourne any manager can stick advocate and that's the draw so one who are you holding that against then the, the players that have been brought in or the guy that picked them the guy that picked them it's his, it's his signings and 
oh, this is the start of his first season, and that it's not good enough for some of the money he's spent in it. So, Andy, this is this has been going on for a few weeks. Um, let, let's be polite about it. We'll say the jury was out on some of Rangers' new signings, but you know the way this fixture works. If Cyril Dessers bangs in a double yesterday, or I don't know, Seema comes on and changes the game, the, the last few weeks just simply mm. don't matter. That that's the way it would be. But safe to say that didn't happen for for any of them. No, and it is a fixture, you know, on, on days going past for any, both sides of the old firm where you know a player can quite often make herself a hero in the uh, within the fixture. But you know, it echoes similar to what you said at the start of the show. It was always going to be a massive window for Michael Beale in terms of recruitment. They've went out, they've made nine signings, they've spent thirteen million pounds. Uh we're now nine games into the season. Rangers have had nine different starting elevens. So that to me tells me that Michael Beale still doesn't know his best mm. eleven two months into the season. Now we're looking at the nine signings. Three of them start the first whole firm game of the season. Two of them were three transfers, even though they spent thirteen million. I'd even argue that if Bonner Barisic was fit, mm. only two sure. of the nine signings were and going to start. To the game. be fair, Jack Butland sort of has to, if you know what I mean. He's a yeah. replacement goalkeeper. There's not like a, there's not a yeah. there's not a decision to make there. And Dessers, who's one of them, I still don't really think's nailed down his jersey either. So uh, listen, I, I still believe Rangers are going to improve. I don't think there's any doubt of that. I've worked under Michael Beale and I know I'll probably take a bit of stick for it. I know how good a coach he is, so I do still think he deserved time in the job to to try and improve what's there. But listen, there was there was obviously naturally going to be excitement going into the season because Rangers fans knew there was going to be a rebuild. They knew that a lot of the players that they felt was still going into the Wars end of last season were up out of contract. They were they were of an age where they were probably going to get moved on. They knew there was going to be plenty of new signings in the door. But listen, we're nine games in, and like I says, I don't really think any of them out with maybe Jack Butlin is fully nailed down their jersey yet. In terms of what happens going forward, they come out of the international break with St Johnston away. They have to be very, very careful. If any points are dropped at McDermott Park, the Rangers fans will go off their heads. He must win the Via Play Cup. I am old-fashioned. I believe that if Celtic go out of a competition, that means Rangers win it, or vice versa. And I don't see anything in front of Rangers that they cannot beat to win that first trophy. However, if Michael Beale doesn't win that trophy, then he must expect what follows. And when Real Betis go to Ibrook's first game uh, of the Europa League, that's an important marker as well for Michael Beale. So only one thing helps him going forward. He's got to win, win and then win again. So how do you feel about the manager in general? Mark, you spoke about the the recruitment. How do you feel about Michael Beale? Do you have faith he turns it around? Uh, I hope so. I don't want any Rangers uh, manager to fail. Uh, but personally, I just kind of say it right now. I, I, the recruitment he's brought in, is, as I'm going to say, is Gilby Cholak and the other leaves in a free and whatever and the rest of it. I don't see Dessels being fit enough. Well, uh, it hasn't showed any signs of being good enough either. The whole front side, we, we just cut by Morton in the cup and Celtic won out the, the Art Cup as well. Right now I'm hoping that he does turn it around I can see him turn it around If he's got the brains That have the shoes he's got Behind Gerard And also Andy's played under him uh, And coaching staff So And he's very highly rated But I, I, I want it to work out So I have faith in him now mm. Alright Mark We'll leave it there 01419511025 We'll get more of your thoughts Keep them coming How are you feeling about yesterday? We'll speak to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Listen And watch Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Hugh Evans are here. It's 01419511025 and no prizes at all for guessing at which game over the weekend is getting the most debate on here tonight. So it's 01419511025 to look back on yesterday's game at Ibrox or anything else uh, that is on your mind. Lots been said already on the phones and on Twitter. Let's hear a bit from Michael Beal uh, for you. He says on the reaction, if you like, after it on fans booing, he understands why they were booing at the end but thinks they will be able to win them back round. Well, listen, I understand it when the results have been the last two. I understand the frustration from the fans. It's with the shirt. It's not just here at Rangers, it's anywhere. It's a derby. It's a game where there's a lot of emotion involved in it and the fans expect their team to get a result and we didn't. So that's par for the course. In terms of pressure, you're always under pressure in this job. You're only ever a couple of results not going your way to feel that, but the, the most pressures that we put on ourselves, and, and so we've fallen short of that today because I expected and wanted us to get a result and and over the course of the 90 minutes I think the result's harsh on us but in terms of these games they're only about the result I think that the team can win the fans back by winning games of football and that's what they have to do I don't think it can possibly be harsh on Rangers when they did so little to help themselves over the course of the game and the, the chances that they missed and I think Michael Beale read the room very quickly because as soon as the final whistle blew he was up the tunnel and away and uh, the players were left to take the barbs from the crowd and by all accounts it was quite ferocious. How do you feel about the manager at the moment, Scott and Garahill? Hi, good evening, how are you doing lads? Good, you good? All good, all good. Okay, so first of all, like you said, Rangers should have got a draw yesterday. Okay. The referee was absolutely disgraceful. Uh, Second goal, should have, I know that they've been debatable gone for months, but the second goal should definitely have counted. And in regard to the manager, the fans need to get behind him and back him. Why? Because I think he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job? Yes. He's come off a five-goal hammering from PSB. He then beats a Celtic side who are minus several key players, and you're saying you'd have been happy with a draw against that Celtic side, the manager has to take some responsibility. It's his recruitment. He picks the team. Um, you know, I don't think your view, Scott, represents the majority view. No, I'm just that. Don't like you, really. Um, I mean, Andy, like, listen, I'd, what we'll find out between now and eight o'clock is whether yesterday was a heat of the moment emotional stuff or whether it does carry on there was um, not a lot of love for Michael Beale on these phones yesterday afternoon to be fair fine Scott wants to back him and thinks he's doing fine um, how much does this stuff reflect on a manager in these situations I think it's only natural I mean I, I think going into the week I don't think there's any doubt it was the biggest week he's tenure so far uh, and I think you know when that ends in a a heavy defeat against a very good PSV side and then a, a defeat in the first old firm game of the season I, I don't think there's any doubt that criticism is going to come your way uh, whether it's fair or not you could, I think you could argue um, but the fact of the matter is I, th I think going into the season the three big things for Michael Beale and Rangers were getting their recruitment right nailing down their, uh, their identity and their style of play and, putting, and then getting your best 11 on the pitch I think right now you've got to argue that all three they've sort of fallen short of uh, and listen, I, you know, I have stress. I do think they'll improve. I think individually they're going to improve as well in terms of new signings. But you know, I, again, going on to the recruitment, 
I talked about players leaving at the end of the year and people felt it was getting a bit stale and change was needed. Right now, if Rangers fans were offered Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent and Fashion Sakala, would they swap them right now for the front feet range? I think they would. So for me, I still think there is a little bit of a worry there because for as much control and territory they did have in the second half, and I don't think it's outlandish to say that you know Rangers could have got a draw or deserved a draw. Right, fair enough. But for the amount of territorial advantage, like I says, did they create enough? For me, no. I still think that Celtic had the clearer chances in the second half. So I do think there's going to be worry there. Um, in terms of Michael Beerus, I, I, I think it's far too premature to be talking about him losing his job. I still think he deserves time. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they're going to need to improve very quickly. Gary in Edinburgh, how do you feel about the manager currently? Well, I, I think Scott was at the wind-up when he says uh, that he's been doing a good job, but they can what planet he's on. But anyway, the... Uh, the real thing is, Andy Halliday, before I, I get to it, you were saying about Morelos and Kent and uh, guys like that, but what about Kolak as well? Kolak was another one that was beneficial to us. Uh, and well, the, the, the real thing with that, you've got you've got a, a few things as well. We should have got awarded a penalty, but then, the, uh, no, I, the, the, nah, the, sorry, the penalty wasn't a penalty, sorry. The, the disallowed goal. The, the, no, no, sorry, the disallowed goal even. I, I, I'll rephrase that, sorry. The the disallowed goal, I think that was absolutely terrible. And the, the whole the whole kind of thing where obviously I, the the outcome of the game, you no Ranger supporter can sit there and be devastated about obviously the outcome of the game because Celtic were by far the better team and you've got to give them credit. Even when I'm a Rangers fan, you've still got to give them credit for obviously uh, getting the result with a kind of poorer Celtic team. So either you can have no complaints uh, if you're a Rangers supporter, but certainly I would get rid of Bill. That's a complaint. <laughs> that sounds awful like a complaint to yeah. me, Hugh. Left the, left the, the punchline. To the end there, um, Michael Beale, there is no doubt, you cannot have scenes such as were witnessed at Ibrox yesterday and dispute the fact that the manager's under pressure from the Rangers fans. He can only change that mood by making sure that he comes out of the international break, beats St Johnson in Perth. I think he, you know, if you win the first trophy of the season, then symbolically it's very good for him. You know, there'll be a tremendous uh, celebration at Hamden if they win it. If they are knocked out between now and the final or lose the final, then it's another black mark against his name. I suppose, Andy, though, this is, is about the context of this one, isn't it? Like, Celtic are the champions. Obviously, they will be the toughest test Rangers face. You, you could lose by an odd goal to them. That in itself is not is not a disgrace, but people are looking at the start of the season. They've either been underwhelmed by... The performances, the result obviously against Kilmarnock, the nature of the defeat PSV, concern that the new signings aren't gelling quickly enough or, or aren't good enough, and then maybe even um, that there's no clear sign yet of a, of a kind of style or, or a structure that, that they want to see. Presumably this is not just because they lost yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I th listen, I think that's a good sort of general overview. And I said earlier on the show, I think that no, performance is always secondary in this fixture. The result is obviously of the most significance. But I think when you're taking, you know, if you're not a fan, you're taking emotion out of the game, you still want to come away and say, like, I can see the improvement there because there's been a lot of chat so far this season that you no know, Rangers aren't quite near their best, as long as probably Celtic, you could argue. But I, I feel as if I can see what they're trying to do in terms of their stay on the identity. The issue is, if it's not working, I don't see how they adapt. I said that after the Kilmarnock game going into the season, I think, 
having two wingers in your squad and, and Rabi Matondo and Scott Wright in terms of out-and-out out wingers, to me, I think there's going to be times in the game where you are going to have to change. You know, width might be of importance. If you, because I think you can see that Rangers trying to attack with their fullbacks with their width. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether it's James Tavernier, Borna Barisic, Dujon Sterling, there's times in the games where they can't get up, especially in games like against Celtic when Dyson Maeda and Abad have got the uh, the fullbacks pinned, so they can't always provide the width. So then it has to come from somewhere else. And I think if you've got that sort of front three occupying against the two centre halves and you're struggling to get balls into them to feet to cause issues, then where's the change? Right now, I think that's where Rangers are struggling. I think if Plan A is not working. I don't see where the change is to make it better. Mm, thank you to Gary in Edinburgh. Let's come a little bit along the M8 closer to here and bring in Callum and shots. Callum, how did you feel at full time yesterday? If you can remember that, what was it like? Uh, it's got me, but listen, I'm going to ask Andy some here because they won't, they're going to with these new players he's brought in, but these players are tell how to play, they know. know what I mean? The McGregor had, They were passing out for the back He's getting all the ball He's He's been allowed to play They had to be shutting him down at all They weren't pressing So These uh, new players are obviously tell how to play And set up against them You know So basically What you're getting at is This comes from the manager You think he's to blame Aye but, I mean the, the players They're They're the Sam Lammers Right That was a sad he missed That's no tactics He should have scored that But I don't understand how they're all going on about these players, right? But the manager, they tell how to play. He's telling the players where to, where to go. So how come they were there to shut and down? I think it's always very hard to argue if you're not uh, actually in the changing room I and you don't hear what the exact instruction is. But, I mean, I've been a, a footballer for a long, long time now and I've never heard a manager's instruction being the front three you can press but the midfielders can't. So for me, I don't know where the confusion was because... I don't think there's any doubt, even in the first half, especially on the game, that Rabi Matondo, Kamar Roof and Dessers, they were front foot, they were trying to get after Celtic in terms of their back four. But like you says, uh, you know, any time sort of Cal McGregor then sort of latched off his midfield and, and found a pocket of space, I just don't think there was anywhere there. Is that down to communication? Is that down to instruction? I'm not sure, but one thing's mm. for sure, it had to change. And I don't think it should have took to half time for that to change. I still think that can be changed on the pitch, whether that comes from individuals or an instruction from the side. But for me... I don't really think they got that right until the second half, but then, for me, it was too late, and I don't think they'd done enough what, with the, what, the possession they had. What about the so-called on-field generals, Andy? Should there not be players there who are taking responsibility for altering things? Yeah, pot potentially, and I think you could see a couple of scenarios early on, especially in the first 20 minutes where Kamar Roof was getting frustrated where they were pressing, and, and you know, it was getting played by them into midfield, and you could see them sort of telling the midfielders to squeeze up and... Yeah, like I says, you, you can't really pinpoint why the reason was. But, uh, no, I look at the opposite and I look at how Celtic pressed. Now, I've not watched Celtic week in, week out, so I can't tell if this is something they've done all the time. But you could see they've then pressed a 4-4-2, which isn't their shape. Tumble goes up next to Kyogo. They occupy Rangers 2 cent half. They try and lock them down one side and then keep them there. And to me, that was very successful, especially in the first half, because I think there was countless times where Rangers would try to build up for mm. goal kicks or for the back. It would get to Conor Goldson, they'd all get very, very compact. And then quite often, Conor mm. Goldson was going direct. And, and Jack, Jack Butland did that as well, though, didn't he? That's what I was going to ask you about on the ball. You know, because a lot's been said about the new signings, but by all accounts, you know, Cantwell and Raskin, they're, they're real favourites of Rangers. It feels like we didn't really see them. It feels like they were never really on the ball. It felt like the ball was over their head quite a lot. Yeah, you could see quite often, especially Cantwell, I thought that he was getting frustrated by not getting on the ball and then he was taking up that sort of false fullback position and when the, the areas he was getting on the ball, it was very, very difficult for him to sort of influence or affect the game. And 
you know, I talk about this sort of front three that they, they try and occupy the two centre-halves all the time. Quite often, especially in the first half, the only time they really get involved in the game was, you know, a direct ball for Conor Golson. You know, lagger Bielkar skills, not getting the clean contact on a header, dropping setting balls, and then they sort of picked up the uh, possession there. But in terms of, you know, playing through lines, breaking lines, getting turned, getting at the back four, to me, they never really done enough. And, you know, I, listen, I touched on earlier that I thought lagger Bielka and skills started the game very, very nervy. It then led to Liam Skills, to me, putting in a very mature performance and defending very, very, very well. Was that down to Rangers not making them defend enough, potentially? But what he, what he had to do, I, I thought he had a good performance. Callum, is this just Michael Beale getting it wrong yesterday in isolation or have you got bigger no, worries you have you got bigger worries about him? There's Colmarnock. Then they played in the cup. They won 2-1. It was, they, were, they were crap, right? Then they played Ross County. Played Livingston. They were good for 20 minutes and they were kicked a ball. They made the two subs in 70-odd minutes and they scored another three goals. I mean, it's down to the manager, mate. He tells you how it sets the team up. The players have got responsibility as well, obviously, but Bill's telling them how to play. And they keep saying Bill with his brain behind Gerrard. And I've had my doubts. That was said at the time, but uh, you always find that said of situations like that, pairings like that. Uh, it's not really him, it's the guy behind them, but I, I don't know how fair that is. Um, I think Rangers, you know the way it works in this part of the world? Rangers win the Via Play Cup final, and the Rangers fans come on here and say, We are the only team that can win the treble. And that we have a trophy and Celtic don't. Uh, so that has to be Michael Beale's target. He has to get silverware. That, to... Is the worry for Rangers fans not right now that they won't have as much faith in that statement if they're X amount of points behind by the time they, they try and get their hands well, on the League Cup? What happened yesterday meant that Michael Beale. He wanted lost. to be. He want, Michael Beale publicly said he wanted to be top by the international yeah, yeah. break. He's four points behind already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the only way he can change the mood. Uh, is to keep on winning, obviously, and hope that Celtic slip up again. Uh, but I think the, the Viaplay Cup final isn't until December. So he's got the complication of Europe. You know, Rangers are in a group where you can't be losing fives and sixes there. Uh, so the whole thing is fraught with danger, but it has a very simple remedy. You just can't lose. Okay, thank you, Callum. Let me run this past you before we go any further. Yes, well done to Kath, who won herself £50,000 on the first day of Make Me A Winner. What a start. Now we could make you a winner with £52,000 tomorrow when we make another call, but you need to be in the draw. So text YES to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter on the website. Online entry costs £2 as well. You can call 0330 with calls charged at a standard rate. And it is over 18s only, uh, but all the rules for this network competition are on the website. So, if you get the call from us after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings and say, make me a winner straight away to win £52,000. We've teamed up with our sister stations across the UK to boost your bank balance after a busy summer. And if you want to be in it, text YES to 61025. 0141 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans is here and Andy Halliday is alongside him, both waiting patiently for you 
to get in touch. Let's bring in Gary, who's in Bishopton. Gary, 24 hours on. Has the dust settled? Have you calmed down or do you feel just as angry about yesterday as you did after the game? Just as angry, I've got to say. Just as angry. Uh, it wasn't a good watch, but uh, my point is about... Just say hello, panel. Hey. Oh, don't worry is, about hellos. I don't mind that, Gary. You carry on. I may bother. My point is about James Tavernier, right, and the captaincy. Now, here here we have a guy, right, the leader of the club. Now, I'm not saying James Tavernier's a bad player and he's not got a role to play, but I don't think... He's a leader and I don't think he should have the armband for Rangers Football Club because he makes too many mistakes. He switches off too many times during the game. He, misplace, he misplaces passes constantly. Through, I mean, I counted about seven in the second half uh, and two of them were within three minutes. Misplaced passes. Now, if you've got a captain of a football club, he must be talking. To, he should be talking to the boys in that dressing room, gearing them up for the second half, especially after we lost that goal. Raring to come out, put the foot down, and and and, and lead by example. And he gives the ball away. Two if, misplaced passes in three minutes. Gary, if you make that accusation against James Tavernier, then you are obliged to give me the name of the man you do want to be captain. Connor Goldson. I think Connor. I think there's a born leader in Connor Goldson, but he can only play to a certain amount. Whilst James Tavernier's his captain. I think Tavernier is a whipping boy. Whenever anything goes wrong for Rangers, uh-huh. and Connor Goldson, I, I, I'm not saying this debars him from being captain, but he was at fault when Celtic scored. Well, I mean, the header, it wasn't a great header. I, I'll give you that, you know what I mean? But that, it's, I know he made the mistake in Wednesday night as well. I, I, I can forgive him for that. I really can. It's not very often he does that, I would say. So so for a captain, like McGregor, for instance, who wins 99.9% of his interactions on the park, he does not a very rarely misstraced passes. That's what you've got to have from a leader. Now, if these other... Ten players are looking up to James Tavernier, and I'm and I'm not trying to assassinate his character. I'm just making the point that Michael Beale's bravest decision would be taking the armband. For but Tavernier, you've, but you've just pointed to a man who's made two big mistakes in a European tie and an old firm game I in the know, space of four days. I know. But I'll give him the armband and and watch him and watch him flourish because that's in Connor Goldson. And the, there will never be a Rangers defeat. Where this question doesn't come up until such times as James Tavernier's no longer at the club, I, 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 is it any more relevant now than it has been any other time? I've, I've spoke about this. Uh, I know it's a sort of a bugbear a lot of Rangers fans. And listen, from my point of view, Gary, I think it's extremely harsh. You're talking about sort of consistency levels and standards. I think James Tavernier's the least of your worries when it comes to consistency in the Rangers team. I think he's been there, what, eight years now? I think he's got four player of the years, seems to get in the team of the year every single year. Uh, Unless you're talking about wearing the armband, you can still be a leader in the dressing room without having a bit of cotton on your arm. So James, Connor Golson's still on the pitch. He can still lead from example. He can still direct traffic and, and talk to players and communicate that way. I, 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 I just think it's unfair criticism of James Tavernier yeah, in that Anything respect. else that annoyed you yesterday, Gary? Yeah, or was it? This then, Andy, Go sorry. For it. Yep. So when Tavernier misstrays a pass, right? One, two, three. How do the players react to that internally? 
which we will never know or never see. How do they react when they watch their captain switch off misplaced passes? It, it keeps us it keeps us down at a certain level. That's just my my view and my opinion. And I think Michael Beale's biggest decision would be to take that for Tavernier in days of our favour. Yeah, listen, you're entitled to your opinion. I think a lot of Rangers fans have phoned up and, and said the same thing. But in terms of misplacing passes, I don't think you're going to then give it to someone who's going to get 100% pass completion. And, you know, Callum McGregor, you touched on with being the Celtic captain. We've had callers over the last two or three weeks sure. complaining about his performances at the start of the season. So, listen, it's all a matter of opinion. For me, uh, you talk about setting standards and I think he has been Rangers' most consistent player for, for a few years now. When you look at the reaction at the end of the game, Gary, it was... Vociferous to say the least. Is that is, is that is that how you feel about the full thing? Was that fair? Was that just an emotional thing? Is no, it an overreaction? I, mean, I think they tried, right? I think they tried. I think they done. I mean, we were, we were all of them the second half, but I've got to be honest, we were all of them. We played our best, and we still never scored. You know what I mean? Some of them looked like championship level. You need to be honest with you, and they probably had a good game. So I think Michael Beale's got a lot of work to do. I'm not, do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's that's it. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks, Gary. Let's bring in John Paul, who's a Celtic fan. John Paul, uh, this is nothing new in this city. It tends to be the losing team that will shout louder uh, on here, which is fine. What was good about your side's afternoon? Evening, Gordon, Hugh, and Andy. Um, yeah, you know, I, I actually, I'm actually sitting here hoping that Rangers do not ever get rid of Michael Beale. Um, and I didn't say that to try and wind them up, or maybe a day, but. Uh, Celtic were, went to Ibrox yesterday with no fans on the back of a cup, put out of the cup in the first round, and also by a draw at home to St. Johnson. Not in our best form whatsoever. They went there with a back four who have never played with each other. We've, we lost three or three of best players from last year when playing Jota because he'd left. Hatati was injured and Carter Vickers were injured. Rangers would never have had a better chance to go and take care of us in a game that mattered. Michael Beale has not got that in him to, I don't know, they won the game last year and it didn't really mean nothing. You know, Celtic are going through a bit of a transition now. You know, not as in what Rangers had to do is lose all their, their players or get new players. You know, players are struggling to play under a new manager's tactics, a new manager's style. With, um, and, and Rangers will only have a better chance. You know, for me, for me, Brendan, I was asking Brendan Rodgers the first time, Go to all the games, and and he's only going to make that team better. He's going to he's going he's going to get make the players there better. And they're going to understand them, and then they're going to have Carter Vickers to come back, he's Hatati to come back. The new signing that he's made are still to come in. You know, everything's looking up for us. You know, I'm absolutely gutted that we're out the cup for the first time. Asking, you know, and I believe that if he lost the game yesterday, he would be under pressure. But that, that's why it felt so good for for Celtic yesterday, Hugh, because. Yeah. We said that it's all about your, your expectation. It's all about the context leading into it. The Celtic fans, many of them were fearing the worst oh, for sure. it, it, when they saw the team and it still didn't go away. And to to come away with the win, never because again, people would say, oh, you take a draw sort of thing. Um, to come away with the win is a real shot in the arm, isn't it? Yeah. Massive moment for Brendan Rodgers. Uh, uh, he was being flippant at the press conference after the game when he said that he'd been taken off death watch. But clearly... The anxiety being felt by the Celtic supporters had reached Brendan Rodgers. You don't need to read the papers every day or watch the television every day or listen to Super Scoreboard every day. Someone will always tell you this is how the fans are feeling. 
So it was a, a, a tremendous result for Brendan Rodgers yesterday. But I think the dangerous thing for John Paul and any other Celtic sporter would be to assume that that's everything fine now. Uh, Celtic, like Rangers, have to go on. Uh, they have to keep on winning. They've got Dundee at home after the international break. They have to keep going. They've got a very, very tough Champions League group. How will that impact on their league performances? It's a terrific day, or it was a terrific day for the Celtic supporters, but they shouldn't jump to the conclusion that that makes everything okay for the remainder of the season. Celtic better than you thought they would be yesterday, Andy, given all this stuff that was being said before the game? No, not necessarily, because I, 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 I don't think Celtic were great either. I just thought within the game they showed more quality in the right areas than Rangers did. Uh, and John Paul you know, says that Rangers missed a, their best chance to beat Celtic. I, I think they missed their chance to beat Celtic after the way the first 10 minutes went, like I said earlier on the show, because, you know, like he says, you know, Liam Scales, first old forum game, Lagabelka, first old forum game, for me, they had a really nervous start in the first 10 minutes. Then you have to try and capitalise that. You have to keep the pressure up. You have to get pressure on them and pressure on the midfield and don't let them settle in the game. Then I think Celtic settled in the game. What then transpires is, you know, the nerves drop, they play themselves into the game, they gain confidence. And after that, I thought they defended really well and... and and, uh, and obviously managed to get the result in the end so I agree also that although I don't think Celtic were great and I touched on it at the start of the show that my opinion's not really changed for before the game to after the game that both teams have got a, a few gears to go but it almost feels like a guarantee that Celtic are going to be better just by the names of the players that they've got to come back Carter Vickers to me when he comes into the team automatic makes them better Rio Hattati automatic makes them better whereas Rangers team at the weekend is, mm. is what they've got so it's more than proven yeah. over time Thanks, John Paul. That leads us into this nicely. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Always time for a minute or two of light comic relief before we get back to the serious stuff. So if you want to play Beat the Pundit, call before 7 o'clock on 01419511025. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Andy Halliday are here at 0141 or it's Twitter at Clyde SSB. So please do get in touch. No surprises for guessing uh, what is on top of the agenda so far. It's been the game at Ibrooks yesterday. Lots been said. So if you want to agree or disagree with what you're hearing, this is the place to do it. 0141951025. And we'll play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time, and I'll tell you, seeing this new era of live streaming the show, uh-huh. got to be careful. Old habits that I would never even consider. Someone tweeted me, because I must have been messing around with my paper earlier, and someone has paused it right at that moment, zoomed in, taken a screenshot. And uh, has exposed what the tiebreaker question is Oh, oh you're joking <laughs> oh, Incredible, but luckily you two don't know That's the important thing Let's hope it doesn't go to a tiebreaker so, then Yeah, let's, let's hope indeed, right Let's see who's on tonight Thomas is on the line, how's it going Thomas? I'm well guys, how are you? Not too bad, you're a Morton fan Thomas Talk to me about that at yep. the moment Tough at the moment um, But we'll see what happens Squad's a bit thin, but mm, we'll see how it goes Very much so George Bowie's always whinging about it So there was a bit of We always say, Hugh, he, he, this is when he starts having to 
dial down the boom boom music as you call it when Morton aren't going well he just plays all the slow stuff well he's been gigging in Ibiza all weekend as he told his listeners yeah. today so that, that would make up for a Morton defeat wouldn't it well if you heard that Patrick Thistler just turned over your team 4-1 you just turn up the boom boom heads it is Hugh tails it's Andy and it is heads it's Hugh Ooh. Evans against Thomas from Greenock so what we'll do is give Hugh some greatest hits radio to listen to nice and loud so that he can't hear us, Thomas. You've got 30 seconds. Answer as many questions as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, OK? Sounds good. It does indeed. Your time starts now. Glenn Kamara joined Rangers from which other Scottish team? Dundee. Who became the first player to be sent off in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend? Pass. Scotland play at the AEK Arena on Friday, but in which Cypriot city, is it? Nicosia. True or false, there were no home wins in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend? True. Which team is currently third in the Scottish Premiership? Motherwell. Who was the last Scottish player to play in a Champions League final? Uh, uh, Gilmore. Like okay, Hugh Keevans, let's bring you back. Can you hear us, Hugh? I can. Good, same set of questions. Are you ready? Okay. Let's go. Glenn Kamara joined Rangers from which other Scottish team? Dundee. Who became the first player to be sent off in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend? Paul McGinn Scotland play at the AEK Arena on Friday but in which Cypriot city? Uh, Limassol True or false there were no home wins in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend? Uh, false Which team is currently third in the Scottish Premiership? Uh, Rangers Who was the last Scottish player to play in a Champions League final? Andy Robertson Okay, okay What do you think Thomas? I think you've just got me. Oh, it's never good. That's a never never a good position to be in. Glenn Kamara joined from Dundee. You both got it. I bet you got all of these. Anorak yeah, in the corner. I think so. No, the Cypriot one might have done you. Yeah, I how's think that'll be How's your knowledge of Cypriot cities? Um, Paul McGinn was sent off, I'm afraid, for you, Thomas. So Hugo's 2-1. In front, it is Larnaca. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, no. I was wrong. Right. What'd you go for? Pathos is that even Cyprus? Uh, true no. or false? There were no home wins in the Premiership at the weekend. It is true. So Thomas equalises to all. Which team is currently third in the Premiership? I'll have you know, Motherwell are higher than that, Thomas. Um, and it's maybe you were just trying to avoid this answer. It's Saint Mirren. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's two all at the moment. Who is the last Scottish player to play in a Champions League final? Hugh went. Andy Robertson. Thomas went. Billy Gilmore. It is Andy Robertson. He has indeed pipped you, Thomas, and you knew it. Three, two hard lines. Oh, had. Good Thomas. man, Thomas. Thanks for taking part. Mark yeah, Thomas. Guys, thanks for having me. Thanks, Thomas. Both in good form, though, going into international. How good was Billy Gilmore at the weekend? Oh, and for your seagulls as well. I know, yeah. My grandson is getting excited because the European draw has been made and uh, there's a talk of taking his old oh? granddad to one of the games? Abroad. Not, not oh, the. Uh, <laughs> imagine. Yeah. Send a GoPro with you. I want to see footage of this. Where are they going? Never mind. Where are they going again? Uh, I think they'll get uh, our Greek trip in there. Yeah, I think you and Greece would go well. And the one to Holland? Right. Amsterdam, no. I, I don't I'd like know. to see you let loose there. Well, I don't know if Mrs. Keepings would allow that. Imagine him. Oh, I'd love to see that. A couple of shows you'd love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Some classic theatre there. A Specky Tube Abroad, I think, would be the, the name of the documentary that we would commission. Uh, but there we are, 01419511025. Jamie is in Greenock. Jamie, how do you feel about yesterday? 
Well, I won't say I'm disappointed because I'm just used to it now. Um, oh, that's even worse, though, isn't it? I just think it's the same old, the same old players letting us down. Barisic, Jack, Lundstrom, Tav. Hold on a minute. The first three didn't play. Oh, Jack did. I just, sorry. I just mean. I don't mean. I don't mean. I just mean in general. Like, we're still relying on Barisic. We've got no width. We're still relying on him getting up and down the left. Um, certain games, he puts in, puts in a great cross. Something that's on the money. A lot of times, I know he never played yesterday, and I'm glad he never played. It does seem a bit harsh to focus too much on. But poor Borna will be turning on his radio. Going, it's not my fault. Yeah, he, he um, but hold on, I do get Jamie is. To be fair, sometimes I get where Jamie's going. Just a sort of bigger picture. He doesn't think the squad's strong enough. I, I guess this is a recurring theme. The, uh, back to recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. The the you know, people are looking at those who have gone: Morelos, Kent, Sakala. Uh, and saying have better players been brought in and they're arriving at the conclusion temporarily or otherwise that no, they haven't. Uh, but also those who were there last season and are making, when they play, the same mistakes that they made last season. Right now it's a downer for uh, Jamie and all the Rangers supporters. There's only one thing that can happen. Michael Beale has got to make these guys better and quickly or Michael Beale will pay for that. You still getting behind the manager, Jamie? Nah, I think it's... I think he's out of his depth. Um, I just... Just the way he sets it up, it's just... We don't have... We've got zero pace. He's got roof. Roof wide right. Dessel's far too slow. Um, I just think... Uh, Jack, I just don't have any words for him. I just think it's the same old story. Tab, I won't... I won't single Tav out. The goals he brings, fantastic. I just don't see any leadership. I don't see grabbing people, do you know what I mean? By grabbing the game, by scuffing it, do you know what I mean? And I just don't see it. It's just, it's the same old stuff. When did, you, old. when did you reach the conclusion that the manager for you is out of his depth? Was that before yesterday or, or was that what tipped you over the edge? Yesterday tipped me over the edge, aye. Um, it felt like a big moment for Michael Beale yeah, here, the, the reaction no, after the game. Yeah, there's no getting away from the fact that Celtic were there for the taking. Every Celtic supporter would agree that was the case. They had so many players out. There was a crisis of confidence created on the back of losing to Kilmarnock and then that awful performance against St Johnston, goalless draw. Celtic were absolutely was that there. that home advantage? Because as we've said, this, yeah. this whole debate about allocation, which we'll do for another day, Yesterday was the first one that actually the away team has has come out on yeah. top. And for it to happen when Brendan Rodgers had lost half a team, uh, that's what's frustrating Jamie. Frustration might even be too soft a word. Celtic were there for the taking. There is no question about it. And that's why it's a watershed moment for Brendan Rodgers because he went in there and he praised his players for reacting like men to the situation. He kept repeating that phrase. And he was entitled to make that statement. And Rangers fans like Jamie are entitled to say, 15 outfield players could not make a dent on that team. Is there a case to say, Andy, though, that on a day like yesterday, the focus is going on the new players, but 
is it a bad combination when it's not like you know Goldson was brilliant and Tavernier was brilliant and Jack and Raskin and Cantwell were brilliant and then you say well it's clearly you know it's clearly the new players are not up to it yet and that'll come are fans seeing enough from the the old favourites potentially not um, but I do think if Michael Beale was big on obviously they were going to make a significant rebuild there's going to be a lot of players but he said on a couple of occasions that he's bringing in quality he's bringing in players to strengthen the starting 11 uh, and like I touched on earlier on the show it was only three new signings that actually made the starting 11 so that, there was a lot of frustrations and quite rightly so I think you could see even the reaction to a couple of substitutions within the game and, uh, and the reactions to the aftermath of the game that uh, there was a lot of frustration brewing within the stadium a lot, and a lot of it is justified just for me I do think it's premature to be calling for the manager's mm. head but I don't think there's any doubt that collectively and individually they need to do more What do you think Alan and Coatbridge? Uh, hi there reason panel uh, I, it's just um, the main thing about what I'm thinking it's the signings oh, obviously Michael Beals come on and said uh, sorry I was just running up the stairs there I thought head. you were still just really angry about yesterday, Alan. <laughs> uh, no, no, I've been, I've been uh, angry at that. No, I was just making a dinner and stuff like so to run up the stairs to, to get to get away from him or never bloody give me peace. Anyway, uh, no, it's just the amount of money we're spending. I know Michael Beals on. He, he seemed quite angry when he's like, "Oh, I don't believe it. That's a load of crap. Don't listen to that amount of money we've said." But uh, I've looked at the prices and that thing, things as well. See, Fuentes was over one million. Dessers was four and a half million. Eh, Lammers three and three and a three and a half million. Daniel six million. I, I don't know where these these people are plucking all the, out these figures, but I mean that's nearly fifteen million pounds spent. Giovanni van Bronckhorst never got that amount of money. Steven Gerrard never got that amount of money. But for some reason, Bill's getting back to the hill, and it's like he's an he's an inexperienced manager. What I think is, we really need to go back to getting a manager who's experienced. Steven Gerrard didn't have experience. Giovanni van Bronckhorst wasn't really. That much of an experienced manager in Leaders Bill and look what's happened. It's like we you I think we really need an old head in charge and we need a better scouting system because the players are signing as well, they're hopeless. Obviously Andy won't like this one one either, but I have got no idea why we haven't tried to sign Lawrence Shankland to Hearts. Sorry, Andy. But um I don't know why. He's the best striker in Scotland and we're we're shelling out six million in Danilo, who's missing a set off with one yard in Europe. Dessers couldn't hit a barn door. And I think Lammers, I think there is a player in there, but he's not an actual out and out striker. So I'd maybe give him a wee bit was, of time. But was uh, was Lammers one? Of, is that a sitter, Andy, or do you understand that when he tries to go around Joe Hart? How, how bad a miss is that? Nah, he should still score. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. I, th- I think his decision making within it, I do think. He- I think you just open it, your body up and you try and pass, pass it in the corner. Is there an argument you can actually cut it back to Dessers early, who's then got a tap in? Uh, and then, of course, when he takes it round Joe Hart, I think it's just that mm. sort of split second bit of composure and then pass it into the empty net, I, but it doesn't get his feet set right and ends up putting it in the side netting. But Hugh, let, let's um, just, I want to play that clip that the that Alan alludes to there, just in case uh-huh. people haven't heard it. So, Michael Beale did, did defend the summer recruitment after some criticism, and he thinks some of the fees have been exaggerated. When you lose six players that play in the front positions, you have to sign some. They can't all play at the same time. That's fair. You know, the, the players can't all play if they play in the same position. That's obvious. And we had to sign these players. There's been a lot said about the fees. I'll tell you, you're miles out. And we're, who costs what and who costs this? You're miles out. We had to replace the players that went out. They've all contributed so far. They could all show a little bit more. But I, I don't think that uh, 
it's a slight on anybody that we picked Kamar Roof today or the form that Rabbi Matondo's been in. And I don't think it'd be a slight on anyone if Tom Lawrence plays over a new signing. They're part of our squad. We invested probably about 13 million in nine players. It's not like we, we spent millions on one or two. We spent 13 million on nine players. At times, the, the right balance has got to be sought out and that's probably where the team needs to come together. But it's after a defeat, all those questions are going to come forward. Today's game was in our hands and, and we, uh, we let it slip through our own faults. When your back's to the wall and Michael Beale's back is to the wall after yesterday, then you will defend yourself in every way you can. And he's saying to the supporters via the media, look, don't think that there an awful lot of money's been spent on these guys. You know, it's not as much as the media are trying to tell you. So that's his line of defence because Michael Beale is no longer the manager. He is the accused. And he has been accused of spending Rangers money, however many millions he spent, unwisely. And he's trying to defend himself by saying it's not that amount of money, um, but he's now a man with his back to the wall and he, he, only only football matches and wins mm. will make this situation less aggressive and accusatory as it has become. And the US said earlier, you think it's far too early to be talking about the manager's position. And even if it was, I, I think, you know, current players and whatever, you're not going to sit here at any stage and say, sack Michael Beale. So, but I wonder if, the sort of reaction. Do you feel like he's up against it in the eyes of the Rangers fans? Yeah, but I think that's only natural. I think, um, Obviously, off the basis of last year in terms of the league position, I don't think there was too much expected of him, but he was still in the cup competitions to go and try and win. Didn't manage to do so. And then I think with the way that the club have, have backed him over the summer and brought in nine players, I think a good start to the season was paramount. Uh, obviously, getting into the Champions League was was of importance as well. Uh, I know you're, you're four games into the domestic season, you're already four points behind Celtic. Uh, and I, I think I said it in uh, the first show of the season that I was on that I always felt it was important that when the first round of fixtures were done, that Rangers were top of the table purely because the first old firm games at Ibrox, uh, I don't want to disrespect other teams, but I think naturally you, you see your toughest away fixtures as your Easter Roads, Petaudries, uh, Tynecastle, and Celtic had all of them away, Rangers had all of them at home. So I just felt that the first round of fixtures was important and already after four games you're four points mm. behind, so naturally there's going to be pressure. Good time to call, 01419511025. We'll try and get you on next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right, Andy Halliday and Hugh Keevens are here. So many calls, honestly. This stuff's never taken for granted. How many of you listen and get in touch with this show? It is. I mean, what have we been on? An hour and 25 minutes. It is still a full switchboard. Phone's ringing off the hook. So apologies if it's taken a while to get through. Uh, but thanks to everyone for staying in touch. Quickly, I'll give you a full-time teaser. Won't spend long on this tonight because we are busy. Uh, Michael Donati, thank you for sending this in. Can you, in fact, let's set up the question first. The Full Time Teaser With Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride Teaming up with you For fast turnarounds And competitive prices Andy's considerably better Than Hugh at these So let's see how they team up Nine players Who've played in Scotland's top flight Since 1990 They've also played In the English FA Cup Final League Cup Final 
and a European final in their career since 1990 wow so they've played in the Scottish top flight uh-huh. and then they've also played in the English FA Cup final League Cup final and a European final so that could be like Champions League Europa League UEFA Cup yeah that sort of thing Brian McClear hey <laughs> how good is that he's done it straight away wonderful Hugh Evans. Andy Robertson yep it's the obvious one uh-huh. I think Aaron Ramsey Yep, good start Okay, three down, six to get We'll get them before the end of the show, I hope And it's full time at Clyde1.com If you want to hear your question used uh, Right, let's It's also on the screen, by the way If you're watching the live stream There we are, I can actually see it That's nice You can take a look uh, at the question over there as well Right, thank you for all the calls We're going to bring in Jim Who's an unhappy Rangers fan in a minute But what about David Who's a Celtic fan first Did you fear the worst before the game, David? Uh, first of all, guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I will. I mean, to be honest, and had to be, uh, that's really my first point I wanted to make. I've been hearing a lot of talk the past week before the game um, about the bad form Celtic were in, the injury crisis Celtic had. I have to point out, before Celtic went into this game, guys, we're still top of the league. It wasn't the old in England, it wasn't that bad, to be honest. We're still top of the league. But what I would like to say is, yeah, when I saw that team yesterday, Wow, my, my genuine thoughts were they two centre-backs will never play again together for Celtic we have been fit they, they won't play again together um, so that, that's one point that, that is a, it was a, a Celtic reserve side um, but my, my point here's a, a point to me I mean, I've just getting stuck into Michael Beale here um, I'm a Celtic fan here but what I'd like to say is Michael Beale has come into Rangers as a very, very inexperienced manager. It's almost like Celtic appointing Scott Brown as the manager. That's laughable. Because if you look at it, Scott Brown's got more experience as a manager than Michael Beale has. So maybe the point here is not Michael Beale's fault. This is maybe a Rangers club fault for appointing a manager with almost, what, three months managerial experience before they get the job. Well, he had uh, QPR. Then he was offered the Wolves job and decided to turn it down because he wanted to go to Rangers. And they had 23 games as manager last season and he's into it this season, league and Europe. Um, that You're correct to say that that's a club decision. They have gone for Michael Beale and taken a risk because there is an element of risk because of how little time he had spent as a manager prior to that. However... This applies to anyone who comes to manage Celtic or Rangers. Once you're in, you're stuck with it. You have the responsibility for everyone's happiness. If you let the fans down, you get it in the neck. So that's the problem that Michael Beale has now. Yes, he's inexperienced. Certainly, when you contrast him with Brendan Rodgers and all the places he's been, but that will not be in Michael Beale's favour. That will not buy him time. It's just the law of the jungle. Rangers appointed him. You therefore, after that, sink or swim. What pleased you most about Celtic's performance, David? Not much. Um, I'll be honest, I thought um, Callum McGregor got an awful lot of space in the middle of the park yesterday. I think Callum McGregor, if you're a manager, an opposition manager, one player that you want to stop at Celtic is Callum McGregor. If you let him control a game, dictate play... And he's going to do it And I thought At his points of the game I was watching yesterday And he had so much space It was Absolutely unbelievable But I mean I just think I don't think Celtic Were good yesterday I would probably give Celtic A 5 out of 10 I think the fact that Their defence 
were very, very poor yesterday and they never conceded a goal. I don't even think, I don't even think up front Celtic were great. Yes, Kyogo scored an absolute world-class strike, but I don't genuinely think Celtic were really good up front either. I think it was a a, a victory for mentality over maturity. You're you're right in what you say that the the pairing of Scales and Lagabielka will probably never be seen again. But there was a strong mentality about Celtic to get through the day. And that was greater than the the maturity that was contained within the team. And in in the passing, I would also give an honourable mention to Matt O'Reilly. I thought O'Reilly had a very, very good game. As good a game without scoring a goal as I've seen him have for Celtic. Andy, that may all still be true, but I do wonder about having someone like Kyogo to make a difference. Was it not? Is it six six goals in in these derbies? I think you know he scores them at Celtic Park, he scores them at Ibrox, he scores them at Hamden. Is it that that difference at the sharp end of the pitch? How, how key is that? Yeah, potentially. I think uh, I think in both boxes, I think it's obviously extremely important, especially in a game like this. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think that's I don't think that's been a lot different to some of the Kyogo we have seen in the firm games listen some games he's been brilliant but I think there has been two or three games where he's maybe not been as, mm-hmm. as much involved as he'd have liked and still pops up in the key moments in the game and you know I look at the weekend uh, I think from the start of the season we've almost seen Kyogo used in a different role in terms of since Rodgers came in he's been a lot more involved in the build up he's dropped him deeper David Turnbull whoever's playing next to him sort of been the focal point in terms of running in behind and creating the space but I thought at the weekend there he did play a lot more on the last line of the defence. The goal he scores, I actually think, is a typical Kyogo goal where he is alert to the danger. Matt O'Reilly gets his head on a sort of nothing clearance and next thing you know he's through on goal. And, and like I said, he, he got my goal of the weekend because of how early he takes a goal and it's a fantastic finish. So I think regardless of how he's playing in a game, you always feel as if he's got a moment in him and he comes up with a big moment on, uh, on Sunday. Does that encourage you then, David, that Celtic weren't at their best in your in your words and to the players missing but still going to this international break with that cushion over Rangers at the top oh yeah I mean I look at it and think I mean I think Celtic's back four when we come back for the break we have fit I think you're going to see Cameron Carter Vickers come back in there who's arguably the best defender in Scotland for the past couple of seasons you're probably going to see Nat Phillips, who's... You know, I know a lot of people are talking about him not getting in the Liverpool team, but bear in mind, it's been very difficult to knock Virgil van Dijk off his position, so I think Nat Phillips is probably going to play him. One player we're all forgetting here, last year, probably the best player at Celtic last season by a mile, was Rio Hatati. So you bring him into the equation, I think things are looking very, very mm. positive for Celtic, and I do think Rangers blew their chance yesterday. The other encouragement for Brendan Rodgers, the, the likes of Paolo Bernardo, Louis Palma, uh, they've got a fortnight to get used to the whole environment, and home game against Dundee. Uh, so with the return of Hatati, who is supposed to be fully fit after the international break, Cameron Carter-Vickers... Uh, and Nat Phillips you would assume would come into contention so Rangers had a chance yesterday against a Celtic side weakened to the point where you had to think that Rangers might win comfortably Uh, Let's hear from Brendan Rodgers on that logic he was pleased with the way the players stepped up to the plate and he says having players out injured uh, made it even sweeter Fantastic result for us you look at the squad of players we have here and we get half our, our team 
missing, I think. We needed the players to come here and play like men, and, and they did that. I thought first half we were very good on the ball, just getting through the pitch really well, and we get the goal I think we deserve in the, in the first half. And it's a goal that I've said to the players about doing the dirty bit as well. We score a goal similar at Ross County where even though it's a really technical group of players, you have to be able to to compete and win the ball. And, and Matt O'Reilly makes a great header and all of a sudden we're in on, in on goal and it's a brilliant finish. It's against a really good keeper in Jack Butlin. So I felt we deserved that in the first half. Second half, like I said, you, you expect pressure when you come to Ibrox. I've never been here and, and never had pressure in the game but then it's all about standing up to that and the players were absolutely magnificent we had a few moments where we could have killed the game off you know with three breakaways that really we, we finish or should finish and Jack Buckland makes a great save off of Barris so so it could have been more convincing for us but a brilliant win and it's exactly what the group needed Thank you David in Bells Hill on 01419511025 Jim is a Rangers fan in Kilmarnock how are you feeling about things now Jim? Uh, times. I think I phoned in when Michael Beale got the job um, I didn't want him to, He's inexperienced as a manager And it wasn't what we needed He done nothing um, between then and the end of the season To change my mind And then just this has been a disaster it's like, I know, listen, I've heard to you This is kind of through my point this is, I want to actually try and cover something with you here And the previous caller, David See that thing about Celtic having half a team out See the only person that I would say That wasn't playing for Celtic That would start them on Saturday And Sunday, sorry would have been Carter Vickers. See the three million lager Rico. Celtic paid three million for this guy. He's not a guy that they've signed off Sunday like Wraith Rovers. So I, I don't get where these are all shouting this Celtic's got half a team out. The only person that probably would have missed that game is who would have been a starter would have been uh, Carter Vickers. Hatati's not been getting in the team because Rogers hasn't been playing him. Hatati would have started though. I take, I take your point right about, about, the first, about the first week of the season. You're right and it was a big talking point. But Hatati would have started the game as well, wouldn't he Jim? Well, he got injured in the second game of the season, so it's been sort of, it's been sort of tough to tell, hasn't it? He got injured in the second game. Mm. Anyway, J- Jim's lines a bit dodgy. Let's see if we can get that cleared up, Hugh. Well, Navrotsky would have played, obviously. I agree with you. Hatati would have played. Carter Vickers would have played. Uh, there is no getting away from the fact that Rangers' optimism going into the game was based on the team that Celtic would be forced to field. And that heightens the frustration for the Rangers supporters that they had, if you like, Celtic there on a plate. And it was Celtic who wiped the plate clean, not Rangers. Yeah, and I don't know what we gained much from arguing how many was missing. I suppose it was maybe the supporting cast as well, because Hugh said, you know, maybe, yes, Lagerbielka was signed, but maybe at this point in time he was meant to be back up to Navrotsky and then Stephen Welsh and he's injured as well and it, you know it kind of trickled down yeah. and Nat Phillips was signed and everyone thought he was going to play and then he didn't I think that's maybe more where it comes from and then as, as Hugh says you look at the maybe that maybe there is still a, a depth issue there in some areas because it's the back four Celtic finished the game with was quite striking yeah and I think right now I think the majority of people will say if Rangers are, uh, sorry if Celtic are fielding their best 11 that Cameron Carter Vickers and Rio Hattie involved and I think not only that there's nothing to say that in two months' time that Lewis Palma and Paolo Bernardo aren't part of that best eleven, And these are two players that have just came in the door, weren't readily available. Obviously, Nat Phillips been another one. So they certainly had players unavailable. Um, but like I said, I've, I've said it all show and, I, and I'll reiterate it. I still think there's more to come for both teams and I don't think Celtic are any different. Mm. Sorry, Jim, I think we've got you back. How are you feeling uh, then about I'm things? Back. 
Um, Andy, I, I, I don't know how you can say there's mere to come to Rangers. The manager's not just in the door. This was my point last time I called. There's all the players are just, uh, that, that's correct, because I've here. The manager isn't just here. The manager's been in here for ten months, and he's really absolutely abysmal. Um, yesterday, the, 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 it's not just the results, the t- tactics, the formations, the signings, even these substitutions are baffling as well. Now, um, it's just getting it's getting bad. At, uh, I don't know where they go from here. If you'd never have been given the job, um, he's far too inexperienced. And uh, listen, it's no nice to see him lose a job, no matter what walk of life you're in. But football is a results-driven business, and like I, I was just checking there, guys, when I was on hold, um, I seen somebody posting it the day, and I was just going to try to confirm it before I come on there. Sam Lammers has had eight clubs in eight years. See, if somebody sent me a CV applying for a job, and they had eight jobs in eight years, it would go straight in the bin. So a guy that's been at eight clubs in eight years, and we pay three and a half million pounds for him. He scored four goals in thirty-six games. Who in the right mind would have thought that guy? Is bringing him in as a number 10 When our best players were number 10 in Cantwell To bring a guy like that in Dessers, I don't think he's, his record's much better To be honest But he's going to, a manager will live and die Be signings And his signings are horrific We get rid of Cholak for £2 million And brought Dessers in for four and a half. We get rid of other players And it's came up I don't know, Michael Beale saying the figures are wrong But what we're seen on like for guys like yourselves or in newspapers or social media or whatever it is the, the, the things have been bad and this thing about uh, our net spend see if you're going to spend £13 million replacing the guys that's went out for £13 million you need to bring better players in you can't bring players in it's worse they need to progress you know what I mean and he's just I feel as if he's even taking players like Raskin and Cantwell they're regressing as well um, but things need to change and I think the board need to act very very quickly um, and get something that's experienced Well, last few managers have been very 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 inexperienced and I think we need to get somebody that's got a bit of experience and maybe 10 15 years experience management what no somebody that's managed QPR for 21 games what you're saying though is that you believe the season's a write off unless Rangers make a change yes 100% you. I can't see anything changing Michael B isn't he great as a Rangers manager I think he's out of 36 games He's won 25 2 or 5 And I think he's lost 6 um, No really great Stats For a Rangers manager But again I don't know why we went for him In the first place If Michael Beale was never an ass- He's not even an assistant Sorry He was a third team coach If Michael Beale was never A third team coach at Rangers He would never have been considered For the, for the Rangers manager's job And I think we need to put this thing to bed I don't know, Andy, if you could confirm this. He was the brains and the tactician behind Gerard. That needs to get put to bed now, because we can see with his tactics and the stuff that he's doing now, that can't have been true. Well, I don't, I, listen, I don't think that statement's ever been true or fair, because if you're a first-team coach or a manager or a goalkeeper, no matter what it is, it's always been about the staff as a collective. And, yeah, Michael Beale took a lot in terms of the sort of on-field coaching because he had a lot more experience than Stephen Gerrard. But Stephen Gerrard obviously played a, a really crucial and important role at that time in terms of demanding standards every day holding people accountable so I think it was a group collective I think you're right in terms of a big part of Michael Beale being appointed as Rangers manager is down to what Rangers board and people around the club seen him as day to day when he was part of that backroom staff but there was never a case where Michael Beale was in charge of everything when Stephen Gerrard was a manager I don't think that's ever been true Thank you very much to Jim How are you two doing in this teaser? Just very quickly Because we've got so much more to get around uh, We're looking for nine players Who've played in the Scottish top flight since 1990 
And they've also played in the English FA Cup final, League Cup final and the European final. Guys like Brian McClare, Aaron Ramsey and Andy Robertson. Henrik Larson, was he at Manuel long enough? No. Charlie Adam? Nope. Chris Sutton? No, he started so well. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of obvious one there and along the sort of Andy Robertson theme, maybe a teammate of his currently. Van Dyke. Virgil Van Dyke. Okay. Any more that spring to mind? We'll move on. Move on. Good, I'll give you some thinking time. We'll speak to Mike in Edinburgh, who's coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevens and Andy Halliday are here We're into the home straight then on the show Give me your teaser answers quickly Nine players who've played in the Scottish Cup eh, Sorry, Scottish top flight since 1990 They've also played in an English FA Cup final League Cup final and a European final Van Dyke, Brian McClare, Aaron Ramsey, Andy Robertson Martin Hayes Oh, Tori Andre Flo. Yes, Tori Andre Flo. Okay. Van Bronkost? Nope. Four to get. Four to get. Interesting you say that. What do you think? I thought Van Bronkost would have been one, to be fair. I don't mm-hmm. know why he's not. Maybe a steward's inquiry. Any more at the moment? No. We move on. No. Good. Yep. Let's do it. Uh, Mike is in Edinburgh. Mike, the previous Rangers fan, was giving Michael Beale a bit of a hard time. Are you on to defend the manager? No. Yeah. Um, I was on last year, Gordon. I don't know if you remember. Um, a power panel. Um, the um, incandescent Gordon. Um, I've actually needed a day just to calm down because of the um, results. Seems on the big occasion we always choke. I mean, the excuses. I was. It wasn't a goal yesterday. Uh, first one offside. Second one. That was an infringement. Um, not a clear shot and goal. It was scrappy. Um, Michael Beals just doesn't have a coy tactically. Um, there's no identity, there's no width to the team at all. Everything all goes narrow. So it's just bombing us on the counter-attack. I mean, all all Kyogo needs is just needs one one finish. I mean, they, they ripped us open um, from start to finish. I think we maybe had about 10 minutes of good play yesterday. Um, Cyril Dessers, he doesn't know the offside rule. He's always following. Um, he's conceded penalties against Servette. Um, he's always caught offside. Um, I mean, I've got many other points to make as well. We've spent Four and a half million pound on them. Michael Beale seems to think he's the bee's knees. Um, I mean, we've got there's a, there's a Scotland international sitting in Edinburgh. Warren Shankly could have spent three million pound on him, but no, he goes waste money on Cyril Dessers. I mean, he's had about six, eight clubs. Um, scored for Cremonese last season, but he just doesn't. He looks off the boil. And Danilo, he obviously played for Fire last season. Record signing, sitting on the bench. I mean, what's going on? I mean, your record signing shouldn't be sitting on the bench at all. Um, I understand um, some people out to defend Bill. I was one of his, I was one of his biggest um, fans when he first came in. I mean, we spent one and a half million pound on him, Gordon, and spent three and a half million pound getting rid of Geo. That's five million pound on on a turnaround on um, uh, managers. This is um, a lot, Mike. This is a lot. Are you another one then? If you, I mean, what are we? Fourth of September. You you got no faith that this turns round from here. Two defeats and four Gordon in the league. What do you think? And and choking in Europe as well. I mean, the Champions League. I mean, Chris Boyd said it eloquently on Sky Sports. You know, you you need to aspire to get to the top. And 
he's choked on a big occasion again and it's Mike Mike has the word of the night so far incandescent you know the the, he's incandescent with rage and I am slightly surprised that with a lot of calls tonight an awful lot of calls there is no support for Michael Beale no I think there's been there's been some there's been some but you're right vastly outnumbered by those who like Mike have already seen enough now by my reckoning you know it, it if you take in European matches, everything, domestic cups, everything, he's had round about 50 matches as a Rangers manager. And, you know, people have abandoned him. For the most part, people have abandoned him. Andy, let me ask you before we round off this chat, I mean, it's going to go on a week probably, but moving forward, is this the worst time to have a day like yesterday because you just left to stew over the break? <laughs> or does it give you time to regroup? No, no, for sure. For me, it's the worst. I think you always, as a group of players and a group of staff, uh, you want to try and put it right as quickly as possible, when, especially in an old forum, because I don't think going and beating St. Johnson makes amends for losing an old forum game. And that being said, I feel as if it almost needs, not only do they need results, clearly, they need performances. I think that's what comes next as well. Not only do they need to go and run a six, seven, eight, nine, ten consecutive victories to try and close the gap and hope Celtic slip up, uh, slip up, sorry, but they also need performances with it to then fans sort of getting behind them again and, you know, seeing players, uh, especially the new signings come, start to grow into the jersey, show that they, they've got a bright future towards uh, uh, the season for Rangers. And, you know, to touch on when Mike would, uh, spoke about Danilo being on the bench, he's one for me that's been a bit strange because from what I've seen so far... I, I, I certainly see a player in there. I think even when he came on in the game against Celtic, I don't think he set the world alight, but I think you can just see with his movement alone in the box, his composure in the box, I think he brings something different. So I think he's one that I still see a lot of belief in growing in the jersey and, and, and showing that he's a, a good sign. Okay. Beating St Johnson doesn't compensate for losing to yeah. Celtic, but it compounds the felony yeah. if you lose yeah. to St Johnston and the manager who is the accused... Is right in the dock. Thank you, Mike. Let's bring in one more and speak to Hugh, who's in Lanark, who's a Motherwell fan. Take it away, Hugh. Uh, I'm glad I could get on. I thought I was listening to Celtic Rangers for the full time. Um, anyway, Stuart Kettlewell, Motherwell, and especially Lennon Miller. Uh, Andy Halliday, just a quick question. Thank, thanks for obviously saying Lennon Miller had the best performance mm. of the weekend. I thought, thought you said it was all about Celtic and Rangers, Hugh. You managed to hear Lennon Miller shout out at the start. Well, because I was watching it for the start, Good. I couldn't believe I, I couldn't believe he's more than spoken about one game for the full hour and fifty minutes of this. But anyway, I'll go on my point. Yeah, but good idea. Lennon, Lennon Miller is the best prospect in Scotland, and you can get rid of if you sell to Rangers and Aberdeen or that. He's the best prospect. He's only just turned seventeen, and he's dominating hearts. He's dominated other games throughout. He does his business, and he does his business quietly. And I think he's got to be recognised. Now, Stuart Kettlewell. He's all going on about Bill and this and that and Brendan Rodgers coming back and they're the best manager out there. Hugh, you're in danger of talking about Celtic Rangers more than anybody else. Come on. This is, Gordon, this is to actually make my point. Stuart Kettlewell, since he's come in, near enough 70% win rate as a Malone manager. 40 points against Celtic's 42 points since he came in. So he's two points behind Celtic since he came in. Unbeaten in league away and that's with three strikers out. And all these other teams are moaning, oh, we're stri- your top strikers out. We've got three out. Mm. So you've got to appreciate what a job this guy's doing with a little or no budget. Yeah, I mean, Andy, you're right. You you did 
give Lennon Miller performance of the weekend you got to see him up close and I gave Callum Slattery goal of the weekend mm-hmm. starting his driving lessons last yeah. week you said and uh, so you were impressed to see it up close because you'll have heard I'm sure early yeah. season perform- uh, reviews yeah well first and foremost you, uh, I gave him performance of the weekend through gritted teeth believe me <laughs> because I didn't want to see him play as well as he did but yeah I, 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 dive, I drive on and on about how I love to see young Scottish prospects getting opportunities so even though it was against my team and obviously disappointed to lose the game at the weekend, I still think you have to take a bit of a pride in seeing young Scottish uh, uh, talent obviously getting opportunities and doing well. And what was I it that catch, you specifically? I always think uh, when it's when it comes to younger players and they get put into first team environments and obviously playing in these games, first and foremost, I think don't look at a place because if you don't look at a place, for me, you belong at the level and you'll grow into your role with, with more opportunities. But I think the thing that impressed me the most was he looked like a man playing. He didn't look 17. I mean, if, if I never heard of Lennon Miller before and I was watching the game and somebody said to me after 30, 45 minutes, whatever it may be, this kid's 17, I'd think no chance. Not just the way he plays the game. I think he's very intelligent. I, put, I think he played with a lot of composure. And uh, I think in the game as well, no, obviously I'm extremely disappointed with the result for us, but even in the second half when when when, uh, when we gather a lot more momentum and we're, we're penning uh, Motherwell in and... You know, a lot of the times he's sort of feeding off scraps. I still then, you know, he, he, he mm. still finds that composure to take a touch, play the right pass, allow the team to get up the pitch and counter attack. So, uh, I think the big job that you've got in your hands here is keeping a hold of him. To be honest, because I'm sorry to yeah. say it, quite often at the time when the when kids like this are doing so well that you know, the big boys down in England and whether it be Rangers and Celtic start sniffing, and in terms of Stuart Kettle, well. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt how well a, uh, a job he's done. I think the most important thing and the most impressive thing to me is the home record, uh, the away record, sorry, because any team out, uh, outside the old firm, to go unbeaten away for that period of time, I mean, it's, it's testament to the job he's done. Yeah, he, promoting from within can sometimes be problematic. It doesn't always work. And Motherwell got lucky with Stuart Kettlewell because, uh, you know, they were a very low ebb when they decided to promote him to the managerial role. And it has, so far, Hugh, been a success. And hopefully that continues. Thank you very much to Hugh. Right, quickly on this teaser anymore. I need four more names. Going to need to be quick. The man with three names. Ian, right, right, right. Yes, absolutely. Well, I need to, I was thinking I should give you clues. A famous Jim Duffy one that he talks about on this show. Oh, Rabinelli? Yep. Rabinelli? Middlesbrough? One of Brendan Rodgers' first signings. Scott Sinclair? No. Arsenal and Man City, famous brother, annoying football chant. And the last one you'll never get, Stefan Onsho. We'll leave it there. A couple of things to flag up (laughs) to you. No Uh, faith in us. Big international break. uh, And of course, we're back in Scotland all the way in the journey, hopefully, to the Euros. So thanks to Moira and Sweeney, we're going to follow the men's national team this campaign. Andrew McLean's in Cyprus for us this Friday. And we've got an extended show as well. Go to Clyde1.com just now for a chance to win a 70-inch 4K HDTV to watch all the action. So thanks again to Moira and Sweeney Litigation. Head over there, try and win the TV. Great way to watch Scotland hopefully qualify uh, for the Euros. What a busy week this is as well because me, Gordon Dale, Mark Wilson abseiling down at Silverburn on Thursday as well. So if you want to sponsor us or join in, it's Clyde1.com forward slash cash for kids. What a busy, busy show that was. Thank you so much for staying in touch. We're back at six o'clock tomorrow. Stay right there though.